You're listening to Oak Park Podcast. And now, here's your host, Matt Murray. Progress is hard to miss in downtown Oak Park these days. Block by block, new buildings and businesses are sprouting up, and new types of structures designed around the wants and needs of modern consumers. These new projects are also the culmination of years of work by local policymakers to attract new residents and businesses to our villages downtown. But of course, change is never easy. Construction inevitably means short-term parking controversy. And ultimately, these projects likely will mark the start, like it or not, of a new era for downtown Oak Park, which is about to see an influx of new residents. And with downtown development now humming, trustee Adam Salzman says the village is expected to focus its energies on two other business districts, Madison Street and the Arts District. Originally elected in 2011, Salzman is part of the village board's new guard. Like trustee Andrea Buttonot, he's an attorney with a young family who's championing bold initiatives designed to create long-term sustainability for the village. I recently sat down with him at the Oak Park Library to discuss these issues and more. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Challenges. I mean, we, we're consumed with parking and navigability, uh, you know, around downtown. Uh, if, you're, if you happen to be driving, uh, we're having discussions constantly with uh, constituents. I mean, if you could see my email account. <laughs> sure. uh, constituents, merchants, uh, about uh, whether we have the right parking policy to accommodate this new uh, this new sort of development model. Um, my view personally is that it's going to take a while. It's just going to take a while for right. some of these things to shake out and become evident. And it's going sure. to take a while for residents to become accustomed to it. Um, when you go and visit the loop, uh, you don't necessarily expect to have a particularly easy time parking. Now, I'm not trying to analogize downtown directly with uh, downtown Chicago. Sure. But I do think it's possible that over time expectations might become adjusted to the point where people will be able to accommodate some of the mobility-related challenges. At the same time, um, the village needs to get better about some fundamental aspects of, of managing the parking and mobility uh, situation. We need to get better about signage. We need to get better about the economic incentives around parking, you know, it's still cheaper to park on the street than it is to be parking in the garages. Sure. And then we ask the question, well, why is, you know, why isn't, why aren't the garages filling up? Sure. Well, that's, you know, obviously parking's a, a big part of the, um, you know, the, the downtown development issue uh, at large. But is the, is the answer to the parking issue more spaces or is it how how the number of spaces that we have, um, how they're enforced, how, how we charge for them. Um, you know, I know, I mean, comparing downtown to Oak Park, although obviously the scale is much different, it's not an apples to apples comparison in my mind necessarily because you have performance parking downtown where you have a system. Well, it's, certainly, it's certainly not an apples to apples comparison. I don't mean to imply that it is. I, I think that 
in terms of our own uh, parking and mobility situation downtown, it, it's not, in my mind, about supply or adequacy of supply. I think it's about uh, appropriate pricing and it's about, uh, for lack of a better word, steering. Sure. It's, it's about how you present uh, options to people and then how... Uh, you're able to effectively utilize the assets that you have. Right, right. And valet would be a good example of that, right? I mean, people that need to get out, get in and get out really quickly now have an option for doing that right, right downtown. Right. And, of course, that's a temporary fix while we go through this construction period. Sure. But I think there are lessons we can learn from this uh, valet experiment that uh, could be applied to parking generally in the future. Have you gotten a lot of good feedback on that program? Uh, frankly, no. I mean, and, and I've been, I, I, only speaking for just one trustee, I've been pretty skeptical of, of its utility so far. Right. Uh, it's relatively new. We're expected to get uh, regular updates and, mm-hmm. and, and more feedback on, on how it's going. We have an option to terminate the contract if we don't feel it's particularly good usage sure. of our funds. Sure. Um, I remain kind of skeptical. I don't have a good sense of how frequently people are using it. I mean, one of the reasons I ultimately voted in favor of it is for the residents who are mobility challenged, who have to go see the doctor, or you know, somebody who might have a little bit more difficulty getting around, now has an extra challenge because of the construction and the, uh, and the parking situation downtown. I think it, it's, it's a good thing to be able to provide them with that service, mm-hmm. but I still think we need to ensure that it's actually being used and right. used in sufficient volume to justify the expense. Well, and, and ultimately, with all the development going on town, is there, there's a net gain of parking spaces, yes. right? So, yes. yeah. Yes, there is. You know, and again, I, I mean, whenever I speak to anybody about it, or if it's a stakeholder, if it's a merchant, or if it's just a, a resident who wishes it were easier to come downtown. I try not to focus too much on the net gain versus net loss issue and focus a little bit more on the experiential aspects of it. And and I think that the village could be a little bit better and a little bit more intentional about how we're managing Mm -hmm. that. You know, sometimes we're a little bit technocratic about these things, so. Sure. What are some of the other issues, you know, long-term downtown that you think the village is gonna have to grapple with? More residents, certainly. And that's not just going to be for the village to grapple with. It's going to be for the schools to grapple with. If we do this right, there Mm -hmm. will be more residents. Very likely could end up with a different kind of resident. Sure. Um, And I think if, again, we do this right, we might end up with a very sort of happy um, problem of having folks who maybe raised their kids in the sort of outer ring of town and decide after their kids leave that they want to downsize but they want to stay in town Mm -hmm. and uh, then you end up with sort of an empty nester demographic Um, that's sort of my personal uh, sort of fantasy about how it might turn out because you know that's what you always hear is that once folks get their kids through the schools then Mm -hmm. they take off right hoping that we can do something to impact that trend for the better right right well and it's you know perhaps a lot of that was was driven just by um, the attractive prices in places like the South Loop or the West mm-hmm. Loop over the past couple of years, which had allowed empty nesters to both cash in potentially on, on very high, relatively high housing prices in Oak Park, but the the excess capacity perhaps right. in some of those areas. So, right. yeah, no, and so that's sort of the long-term goal is to perhaps um, 
you know, create a more diverse Oak Park in terms of the, the ages and the, what, what sort of periods of people's lives. That right. Yeah. Right. Um, now, some of this we won't really know until it starts to manifest. Right. But I know that we want to increase the population of the town. I know that um, we feel that the current downtown setup, uh, with all of these natural advantages, you know, with the CTA nearby, with the town having all of these assets that it has, it's not living up to its highest best use right now. So, sure. So, I mean, this is an attempt, I think, a very clear sort of cut attempt to, to try to get there. Right. After Anything else after that? I mean, it, it seems as though um, there's a lot of activity. There's a lot, been a lot of turnover, um, commercial turnover, it seems, downtown. But um, just even walking here tonight, I think I saw three or four new restaurants mm -hmm. um, that have opened. So those, those are all good signs, I think, you know, for a lot of different reasons. After downtown, um, where do you think the next big opportunity is for the business community in Oak Park? I think it's Madison. I think that probably wouldn't be speaking out of turn to say that that probably most of my colleagues certainly the mayor uh, feels that this board probably should and, and will be judged by what what happens ultimately on Madison and whether we're able to turn that strip around because that's another street that's another corridor with a lot of natural advantages that clearly we haven't figured out how to leverage into something more successful yet. Right. Is it the, uh, for lack of a better way to describe it, sort of the topography of, of Madison Street, its biggest impediment? You know, the way that the, the street is sized and the way that the lots are sized, is that something that the village will have to address? I think that's a, that's a big part of it. I think that that's sort of rapidly the conclusion that we're coming to the lot depth as you see I mean if you followed this discussion that's uh, unfolding about uh, possibly uh, redirecting a part of the street to create a larger lot on uh, the Madison and Oak Park intersection over there sure uh, where the Walgreens is right and there are things that you need to do strategically to attract the kind of investment that you want to see and and if the topography as you put it isn't suitable for that then right. there's nothing wrong with taking a look at what you can do to change the topography within reason but what what happened when um, you know there was some uh, some houses that were knocked down south of Oak Park or south of Madison Street um, by the hospital you know there was a lot of a lot of concern within the community about that I mean we're we gonna have to make some tough decisions do you think as a community to kind of figure out what's best for the community at large? Yeah, I think there needs to be a community conversation about that. I think there has been a community conversation. I think, unfortunately, because downtown has sucked up over the years so much oxygen, we really haven't been able to deal with that with the focus that, that it deserves. Right. Uh, but I think now we have that opportunity. Well, and to make the case, perhaps, that, you know, the community needs this, the tax base needs this, and mm -hmm. this is what we need to do. And I, I think Oak Park historically um, has rallied behind the idea of kind of the greater good for the village. There was quite a few houses that were knocked down for the village hall yeah. um, decades ago. So that's yeah, and I think, I think that's true, and I think that you always have that reservoir of engagement and uh, willingness to 
take into account, as you put it, the greater good to, to fall back on when you need to have these discussions. doesn't mean the discussions aren't difficult and um, sometimes, in my view, unnecessarily protracted, but, right. uh, but usually uh, the right result emerges from those discussions I've found. What, what do you envision in, in your mind, um, you know, the, the right situations come about to transform Madison? What does that become? Does it become the Madison Street of Forest Park? Um, does it become something that might compete with Lake Street? Mm-hmm. I think it's neither. I think I think it needs to have its own character. I think the nature of I love that you use the word topography, so I'm just going to keep using it. But I think the nature of the topography of our Madison Street makes it virtually impossible to have what you've got on uh, the Forest Park side. Right. So I think it has to be something a little bit differently. I think oddly enough, you can find an analog in in what's going on downtown, uh, in the sense that. I think the vision ultimately probably includes some kind of mixed-use scenario. People mm-hmm. uh, living and working, sort of, right. in, in combined spaces. Um, and I think that's you know the best model for urban-suburban development going forward anyway. So I would love to see that happen. Sure, sure. Like a building where the sugar beet is. I think that's a fantastic example. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's that the, maybe was just a couple years too soon. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, I, that I'll be honest. I mean, so that that would have been maybe my second or third meeting on the village board when we approved the zoning variances mm-hmm. so that building could get built. Right. It was before we had any inkling that the sugar beet was even going to be an option. Right. Right. Um, but we knew it was going to be a mixed use space, and we knew it was going to include affordable housing. Right. Um, and. Uh, that to me still is the best thing I've ever been involved in uh, on, on that board. Any other spots that you think will be kind of getting some attention from the village over the next? Well, we have a huge opportunity in the arts district now. Right. Because of uh, the new ownership on the properties that used to be owned by Chris Claronimo. Sure. So we're tied up in a foreclosure right. situation. Who's now a partial owner in some of the new yeah. property. Minuscule, though. Minuscule owner with zero control, right? Really. Uh, and that's that's a fact. Sure. Um, and and the, the folks who are running that operation now are are very proactive, I think, in trying to get some quality tenants. So that would be a tremendous thing. That's something that I spent a lot of time uh, working on in my first few years mm-hmm. on the board because it was such a frustrating situation. And the arts district, in some ways is even more of a pocket of lost potential than Madison because I really think that done right, that could be a really a jewel box of, right. of a business district. Well, it seems it seems very connected to that community. Mm-hmm. But, but also, you know, not knowing a lot of those properties specifically, some of them, you know, it's it would seem to be a similar problem to Madison is that structurally these are outdated buildings, not just whether they're kept up with their huge warehouses, mm-hmm. which today, you know, I mean, other than perhaps a, you know, converted open office space or that sort of thing, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure whether or not we, we shop in those types of places uh, anymore. But Well, if you talk to some people, I mean, you know, this is not really a retail kind of economy anymore in a right. brick and mortar sense. Right. I mean, we don't really shop hardly anywhere exactly. anymore. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and that goes for downtown too. So, I mean, I take your point, but I think really in, in the arts district, if you want to sort of analogize it to something else, it's, 
it's it's a similar sort of uh, scenario to Madison in that you know there's just been a failure of, of initiative and, right um, and not one specific thing and just... and if you were able to take a small chunk mm-hmm. and get it right you know like the same way we're talking about doing on Madison it would have probably a, a, a really positive ripple effect maybe even more so in the arts district than in Madison because it's smaller mm-hmm. um, and those Cloronimo properties have been a huge drag right you know, on, on that what what role is there for the village to kind of create opportunity for maybe they're not even businesses organizations that may not be able to function at market rate rents well there are lots of things we could do I mean I think we're starting to for the first time in a while, in, in, in the last couple of years that I've been on the board, particularly since Anon got in and we sort of reformulated our economic development uh, apparatus with the Development Corporation and, uh, and the parts of it that work in-house in Village Hall, for the first time we're really starting to explore a, a larger range of incentives and tools, you know, I mean there are a lot of things you can do, if you, I mean if you could do property. I mean, you can do sales tax rebates. You can do direct economic incentives. You can do loans. I mean, there are lots of ways that local government can directly incentivize businesses. Um, the best way we found, I think, over the past year or so, is to do it through our economic development corporation mm-hmm. because. We've got people running that corporation now who are experienced in structuring those kinds of agreements and sort of facilitating. Them. Right. And these would be kind of debt instruments for mm-hmm. for I'll business I'll give you owners. an example. I mean, and it's not just the small businesses. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's the really desirable businesses that you know uh, – will pay great dividends in the right. future. For example, Pete's sure. was, a, sure. was a direct economic incentive via sales tax. The Volvo rate. dealership. The right? Volvo dealership. Yeah. So Big employers. These were the kinds of things that when I first started serving on the village board in 2011 were verboten. You sure. didn't do that. And there was a strong uh, philosophical aversion to any kind of direct economic incentive to a business. It just was thought to be... Um, not the Oak Park way. The, right. the idea was if you had money on hand to stimulate economic development, which we did, we had TIFFs, mm-hmm. and we had a development corporation then too, although we weren't using it in quite the same way. The idea was you in, used that money to invest in some sort of common infrastructural benefit for the area, usually in the form of a streetscape. That's how you have North and South Marion. Sure. And then you hope that that cosmetic and you know maybe sometimes more than cosmetic but that collective benefit was sufficient enough to create a hospitable environment and the business would see how earnestly you were trying to improve the community and they would come and move in so the result was we would lose businesses to other communities that were giving direct economic incentives we decided we had to change that sure and that and that does structure in the way of a loan is it like the import export bank of the united states yeah it's a good analogy yeah yeah um, and it's been successful so far. I think it's been manifestly successful. Right. I think people appreciate being able to shop at Pete's, and I think people are really glad when they drive down the Ike, and insofar as you can be glad when you're driving on the Ike, that <laughs> sure. they don't see a big, empty vacancy right. over on Harlem and Garfield. Right. Well, they'll the soon see a sound wall. Is still there. 
They may. Yeah. Maybe they won't see anything. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Adam, uh, for joining me. My pleasure. Um, and uh, good luck with everything. Yeah. And, um,